0: I gotta turn this thing on. Um, is is this on? Maybe. It is not, or is it is working? All right. It's uh, it's all right. It's it it works. So, obviously today is uh, or this weekend, and people celebrate. Uh, I, I don't we I don't know why we call it a celebration, but we remember. And we honor those that have given their lives. And uh, over the course of time, the period of history, if you will, um, and totality of all the wars that were fought and uh, battles and uh, conflicts, if you will, uh, nearly 1.2 million soldiers have given their lives for us to sit here freely. And I don't take uh, that lightly I don't uh, uh, some people have Veterans Day and Memorial Day uh, confused Memorial Day is those that uh, gave their life they they gave they sacrificed it all and uh, I think that a lot of times us in the United States one we have uh, a lot have never been taught but two, many have forgotten the privileges that we have because of men and women who sacrificed everything and uh, many of us may know somebody or uh, someone in our family may have, have given their life or lost their life in a, in a war, and uh, my family included, and uh, I count it a great honor to uh, not only come from a family that, that has served, I, I did not myself, but my family, a lot of my family served and in, in some lost their life. And, uh, but we thank the families of those that, uh, I mean, it's a sacrifice for them too. And I don't, I don't want you to ever go throughout life and not uh, thank those and, and, and uh, take for granted what we enjoy here in the United States of America. And as far as corrupt and crazy as you may think it is, it's far better here still than anywhere else. Uh, so we have a, a, a privilege that, was, that has been afforded to us by men and women who sacrificed everything. And for those families from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you that have lost loved ones. And I know a lot of times Brother Michael Jakes will tune in and his son uh, lost his life in the Iraqi war. And, uh, but we thank those, uh, those families. But it's a great honor, and I, I think that uh, sometimes we do it a great injustice by partying. And celebrating and thinking it's just a fun time. It's a time to remember uh, those that have given it all. So uh, again, we thank thank you. Uh, this morning, I, I know that it may be a little heavy, but I want you to. And I actually put on Facebook. I was ministering out of Titus chapter three. Well, I'll hit Titus three, but I'm in ch- Titus chapter two. But uh, I want to minister using for a subject accept or attempt or accept and. And when I was praying a while ago, I, I asked that the Lord would forgive us for attempting to live for Him. I'm going to expound on that just a little bit. But uh, to attempt is to to make an effort to achieve uh, or complete something. That's an attempt. And to accept is to receive or take willingly. And and here's the thing in, in the church, in the Christian uh, a family or the, the family of God, if you will, church. I'm not talking about here. Like, I'm just talking about the church as a whole, Christians, believers. One of two is how you will live or how we do live. We either attempt to live for Christ or we accept the finished work of Christ at Calvary's cross and we allow him to live through us. And I can tell you that in life when you learn to accept the finished work, and rest in the finished work, then you will find yourself actually enjoying the rest that he desires to give and the peace that he desires to bless you with because you will, you will stop wearing yourself out on that treadmill of religion. So one of two ways is how a, a believer, and I'm saying believer, I'm not saying you're not a believer, a believer lives their lives either attempting or accepting. And I, I pray that today... You leave this place, you leave this place accepting to receive all that he's done. Even if, listen, you can be a Christian for, for 30, 40 years, whatever, that's fantastic. But there are times in our lives where we get caught up in, in attempting to gain merit, to gain favor, attempting to add to or, 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 or make, a, make a law of certain things. And I want to say something, and what I say, I'm saying it in love, but I'm saying it also from a perspective of, of on the outside looking in. The, the, the Pharisees took a perfect gospel and turned it to law because of the religious heart of man, the, the ideas that we can make it better.
1: They have, people have
0: taken the, the word of God... And turned it to law, hear me clear this morning, not the preaching of the Word of God, but the Word of God and turned it into law, dependent upon you are, they, they deem you are preaching the truth, dependent upon what you say in phrases or do not say. And I'm not going to get deep into that, but I want to tell you that you're, you can go from acceptance to an attempt real quick. Are y'all awake this morning? You can you can go from resting to working faster than you can realize, and you and you can find yourself there, and you will find yourself there. If you have not, you will. And we just sang this song. I'm going to see a victory. I, I, how? By resting in the finished work of Christ. I'm about to break my neck. By resting in the finished work of Christ. You see that victory, but to obtain and walk in and, and, and rest in that victory, you stay in Christ. You take what the enemy meant for evil, turn it for good. I'm not going to preach a song here, but I'm just saying he turns that around. And I was, I was, we were talking uh, last night with some folks, and, and, and I made this statement, you will see Goliath in your life. You, and you may see him multiple times. A, a, not him, but a Goliath, whatever it may be. You will face that in your life. And I think that uh, the church has done, and I'm not thinking, but I know that the church has done a discredit to the one, the power of the preaching of the gospel, and we have done a discredit by placing people in positions and throwing them into the, 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 the furnace, if you will, and, and, and they don't even understand that I need to rest in this finished work of Christ. And they find themselves facing Goliath, and they've never even faced the lion or the bear. So in Titus 2, chapter, or chapter 2, verses 11 through 15, is where I'll be reading, and it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. To all. It has appeared to all men. And I, I want us to understand this morning that the, the grace of God that brings or bringeth salvation has or hath appeared there's no, to all men. There's no excuse. We don't have to, we can't make an excuse that, that we don't know. Verse 12 says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God of our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. So for the grace of God that brings or bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, we should be absolutely thrilled to death that salvation is available for all. All of us. We all have a different story. We all have something to tell. We all have something, and we all, in Christ, we all have the same thing to tell, that I once was lost, but now I'm found. No matter how lost you were, lost is lost. If you're lost for a second or lost for a a year or whatever, lost is lost. So it's available for all, but its saving effect is dependent upon our personal response or our our placing or anchoring of faith, the object of faith, if you will, which it has to be experienced by all in order to be received or a beneficiary uh, or you be a beneficiary of it. It has to be received by all. So everyone, without exception, everyone. Every one of us, everyone who will watch or is watching, everyone without exception has to come by Christ or, or to Christ through Christ. Not by your association, not by your lingo, not by your dress. Uh, those of you know me, this right now is killing me. But not by what you have on, but by through in and through Christ. You have to come that way. And the same ethical demands are made on all of us. There, there's no excuse. There's no reason. The the, the older I get, and, and I'll be 44. I'll be 44 in July with a newborn. <laughs> wow. uh, the, the older I get, the more that I, I begin to realize some things in life are just absolutely unnecessary and i'm not talking about cars or, or i'm talking about our our character our our life our words <laughs> the power of death and life are in the tongue and some things are just absolutely unnecessary and so for us to be a, a, a beneficiary of the grace of God, we have to receive the provision that God provided, which is the Son, Jesus Christ. And the good news, again, is it's available for everybody. Regardless of stature in, in society, regardless of your or color or, or where you live, the grace of God is available for all. Acts 17, verses 30 and verse 31 says, In the times of this ignorance God winked at, in the Old Testament, God winked at this once. But now commandeth that every man where to repent. Why? Because the excuse has been removed. Verse uh, 31 says, Because he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, which was Christ Jesus, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. So the excuse of ignorance is gone. I know that we like to use that. We like to say, well, I didn't know. Um, I'll just relate it this way. that We have these things. Well, this isn't one, but we'll pretend this is a bulletin. And in the bulletin is everything that's going on in this church right here. And it's available unto all men and women who walk in this church. In order for you to know what's going on, in order for you to do that, you have to receive that. All you got to do is pick it up out of the little holder out there, and you got to take it, and you got to read it, and you got to remember it. But what we've been told over and again and again is, "I didn't know." It was available unto all men and women to know, but you didn't know. The, the, the ignorance is is not an excuse because it was available. The ignorance of the gospel, we we say, I didn't know, but it's, a lot of times, the ignorance is is self-inflicted. I'm I'm talking about the gospel. It's self-inflicted because we don't want to know. Because we find it more satisfying in an attempt to live, because it makes us feel good in an attempt to live for the Lord, rather than accepting what He has already provided for us. So once the Lord winked at the ignorance of man, but now that he's provided everything we need, he's provided exactly what you should have. He ain't winking at it no more. It, it's gone. The, the excuse for is it's gone. So so that man again is Christ. God doesn't wink at ignorance because again, we don't have an excuse to be ignorant he 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 took that away, the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men i 've been asked i 'm sure summer has maybe you guys have been asked this question all the time, but what about the people in the depths of the jungle that have never heard the gospel? How is that fair if the Lord were to return there it, it, it's gone, ignorance is gone, creation even worships the Lord. the fact that that People say that they're agnostic or atheist, whichever one they want to choose. People worship something. If they say there is no God, then they are their own God. Therefore, they're worshiping themselves. The question of if there is or is not a God would not exist if God were not real. The creator, creation has to have a creator. And creation even worships the creator. Every time the wind blows, the Lord knows where it starts and where it stops creation will worship. Every time the rains come, creation will worship. Every time but what the Lord has designed, worship comes forth because it rained yesterday and guess what's happening? The ground is, 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 is drinking up the nutrients and all those things and it's growing. And the same way in our lives, if we'll, if we'll take and eat of the word and we'll receive what God has provided for us, we'll begin to grow in our walk with the Lord. But to say that we didn't know It just don't work. So without the cross, grace is not possible. What are you talking about? God's always had grace. Yes, he has. But because of the cross, because of the provision that he provided, because of the sacrifice of Christ, he now exhibits that grace to a greater degree. We found out uh, at pastoring that grace is absolutely necessary. And, and we thank God that you guys have shown us grace because we haven't always done everything right. Or I have. I'm not going to speak for Summer. She's next to perfect, but me, not so much. But God deals with man only by grace, and He either deals with him by the means of grace or He deals with man by means of judgment. But it's still grace. Well, you talk, How could judgment be grace? Because God will give you what you desire. I mean, a, a a good dentist will will not uh, tell me to keep eating uh, Snicker bars and Twix and, 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 and Snickerdoodles and, and all of those things because they're healthy for my teeth. He'll tell me this is what's going to happen, and if you continue to do it, uh, you're going to get a cavity, or you may have to have a tooth pulled or whatever it is. Well, I can't say that that dentist is an unjust dentist because he he, he allowed me to get a cavity. I chose to keep doing what I knew I shouldn't be doing. So in grace, God deals with us, and it can be by the means of grace or judgment. Judgment is, again, giving us what we want, really. Uh, Thank God that He doesn't give us really what we deserve because none of us deserve uh, the gift of salvation. So God will not deal with man based on merit, good works, or self-righteousness, but it's only by and through grace. But we, the church, have taught people that you got to do this, this, and this, or involve yourself with, with this activity, that activity. You got to do something. You gotta, you gotta work like the devil for Jesus. I don't know if you ever heard that or not, but uh, you have now. In Lamentations 3, of verse 22, the Bible will tell us that it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. So we receive His mercy because of His grace. God cannot accept my works in any nature because, guess what? God has nothing for sale. Nothing. The blessings of God are not for sale. The blessings that he desires to bestow upon us are not for sale. But me thinking that I'm going to earn it because I've done this, deems that they are, and they're not. You can't bribe God. So man is left with a choice. One attempt. I attempt to earn salvation, which is impossible. I attempt to live a righteous, holy, victorious life, which is impossible. I attempt to walk in sanctification and and, and justification in my own self, which is impossible. I attempt to uh, grow in my knowledge and understanding of the Lord in my own self, which is impossible. I attempt to... uh, overcome sin in my life, which is impossible in yourself. So these attempts are futile, but these attempts are still growing in the church, and they're still being pushed. Why? Because we just, we don't know what else to say. Well, brother, I'm dealing with whatever it may, I don't know. I'm dealing with this issue in my life. Well, let's pray about it more. Anybody ever been told, well, just pray about it a little bit more. Pray about it more. Pray about it harder. I, I got told one time to pray harder, and I was like, I don't. What do you mean pray harder? Like, yell at God? I mean, I, what are you talking about? Pray harder. Or, or tarry. Tarry there. Pack yourself a suitcase. Bring it to the altar. Don't leave until you get what you want. Well, sometimes we can't, we can't determine God's timing. If God desires for you to have or receive whatever it is, it can happen instantly or it can happen 17 days later. You don't, there's no need for you to bring a suitcase, but you can stand on faith and know that it's yours. We talk about healing. Healing is mine, be it here, right now, instantly or in glory. Healing is still mine. But for us to come to him with the attitude that I'm bringing my suitcase and my book bag and I'm bringing me a a lunchable and I ain't moving until you give me what I want, well, sometimes what you want is not what he desires for your life. But if we'll submit ourselves to him and quit attempting to gain things from God and we will accept what he has provided, then we will also accept what he blesses us with, so the choice is to attempt or accept accept god 's way, which is by grace he, he freely gives to men all that he needs, whatever it is that they need, to any degree that he needs it, if our faith will remain in what God has done and may, and, and, and he made it possible which is having faith in that finished work of Christ. What do you mean he'll give you whatever it is you need to the degree that you need it? I mean that exactly what I said. He gives us, Summer and myself, the measure of grace that we need and as much as we need when we need it. Because I'm telling you right now, if you've never been here in this place without the grace of God, you'd leave. I've never, I've never owned a, 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 I don't know, an electrical company. I just, I, I've never owned that. But, but whatever it may be that God has placed in your life, or 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 planning out or mapping out for an oversized load, and 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 all of a sudden everything changes, and you can lose your mind. But God's given you the the, the measure of grace and patience that you need for when when you needed it. But we've made things sometimes. In our own selves we make things impossible because we desire to know every single thing and we think that we deserve it. Grace appeared in the form of Christ, not to a particular people, but to all men. Just thanks got together. I'm I lasted long enough. But but we've made it about particular people how because we say that you got to look like act like talk like walk like sing like shout like dance like smell like have the right verbiage the right phrases the proper handshake you got to smile when you walk through the church doors Even if you don't feel like smiling you got to do everything just right and if, it's, if you hadn't, then you must be just terrible and on your way to hell. Let me tell you, God's grace appeared to all men. And it's available for all people. And for us to think that we can determine who does or does not, does, uh, who, who is or is not uh, uh, good enough to receive the life-changing gospel, then we have failed to understand who he is and who God is. Listen. It did not demand righteousness from men, but it brought righteousness to them. The grace of God. But we demand holy, righteous stuff from people. There's nothing wrong with holiness. There's nothing wrong with all, nothing at all. But hear me clear we've preached holiness, and we've confused holiness with the Holy Spirit and we've confused holiness with, with decor and dress and, and even just us, the way we carry ourselves, with how the Holy Spirit works. Because I've met, I've met some mean folks in church who on the outside is as holy as you would probably think. But I was, I was, I was convinced they were the devil. And I didn't want nothing to do with them. Why? Because I was a little snotty-nosed. I was. I was a little snotty-nosed kid. I was a brat, I guess, if you want to call it that. And and and. But but instead of bestowing grace that God bestowed upon them, I was always hammered with, "You got to do this." So I chose to attempt to live for the Lord. You you know this song, "Living for the Lord." Live before the Lord. I don't know the rest of it, but I just know that part. I attempted to live for the Lord for a long time. And, and, I, and I thought I did well. I loved the Lord, but my, in my attempts, I found myself exhausted and frustrated and, and wondered, when will it ever end? When will it change? When will the sun begin to shine? Because they always say the darkest hour is before the sun. And I thought, dear God, this sun ain't never coming up in my life. So, the grace of God that brings salvation, you can look at salvation in past, present, and future. Don't don't we sing, You never stop? You never stop working? Do we truly believe that? Because if if He has saved you and, and you are gloriously saved, that's the one that's the greatest miracle of all. If He has saved you, He has saved you, but He will save you and continue to save you. Titus 3 and verse 5 says, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. He saved us. Not us, not man, not, not the church, not the denomination. He, Christ, he saved us. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He already provided everything you need. So he has saved you past, it's also true that he is saving us. Romans five and 10: We were reconciled to God by the death of his son, with much more being reconciled. We shall be saved by His life. Thank God that He never stops. Thank God that He is always there. That He has never left us nor forsaken us, but He's always there. He has saved us and is saving us. And finally, we will be saved at the return of the Lord when the last taint of sin will be removed and we will be perfected at last. So we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. He never stops working so his blood continually works it never stops if we remain in the house or in the vine it covers you as long as you are in Christ it's only through Christ that salvation entered the world john 316 and 17 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but I have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. But the church has preached a condemnation or a condemning gospel for years, and that's not why Christ came. The world's already condemned. Why are you condemning people that have already been condemned? Offer them the alternative, which is salvation. I mean, we're we're a Pentecostal church. No, no, no secret. But we're more concerned about people talking in tongues than we are about their, if their heart's right with Jesus. Is it? Is this okay? If it's not, it's going to be because I'm telling you the truth. We we celebrated Pentecost Sunday last Sunday, and I'm sure that people people shouted the house down all over this nation. But what kind of hell did they live through the rest of the week when all of, a lot of folks got was an exciting, exciting time. You cannot put a roof on a house that has no foundation. We've, we've failed to understand and realize, one, how we're saved. And two, how we remain saved. And three, how we will be saved. And hear me clear. Again, and it's not by how much you shout or how much you pray or speak in tongues. You should desire that. But if you merit the goodness of God based off of how much you do this or that, then we don't understand His goodness at all. So it's only through Christ that salvation entered the world, and that's what we should be offering the world. Christ. It's through Christ that we are saved from the coming wrath. Romans 5 and verse 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. You're, you, I don't know. Jim asked me the other day. I mean, I, and I started feeling ancient because she was like, Dad, when you were little, were car seats invented? I was like, I don't, I don't really know if they were invented, but I know we didn't ride in them. Like mama's arm was the car seat. <laughs> it's just, that's what it was. We slammed on the brakes and that arm went out and it could have stopped a, a freight train. I mean, it was just something about mom's arm. It was just there. <laughs> and, and, and But I I tend to relate things in a weird way to myself but I think about that, that's just, that's just being in the vine. That's, he, he sees something coming and he's holding his arm out. Whoa, slow down. I got you. I'm going to keep you. It's going to get near you, but it ain't going to overtake you. It, 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 may, it may rise to the crown of your head, but I promised you the river would not overtake you. The floods may rise, but they will not overtake you. Why? Because my grace is sufficient. We talk about Paul, and people are so concerned about the thorn that was in his side. Who cares? I don't care if it was cussing or fighting. I don't know know what the thorn was. But we've concerned ourselves with the thorn. And God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. But yet the church wants to know what, what this brother's thorn is or that sister's thorn is. And God forbid if you find out, because everybody's going to know what it is. I mean, last time I checked, gossip is, 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 is sin. <laughs> Understand that we are saved through grace, by grace, and will continue to be saved that way. So we, he came into this world again to accomplish salvation for us, 1 Timothy 1 and 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul would write, of whom I am chief. <laughs> Sounds like a proud person, right? You know, we were, I felt so... I understand why they asked, but when I when I got to to uh, uh, what was a speak or whatever, for the Gideons thing, and I felt so I felt like such a goon having to write a bio, and I was like, I don't really like this. I mean, this is. I was like, hey, I'm I'm Jason. I'm from a small town in North Carolina, and I like redneck things, and I'm saved by grace. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what it, I mean. I don't I don't care. It don't matter. And I have to understand that I am, just as you are, chief of the sinners. And if it weren't for the grace of God, I don't know where I'd be. I'd be dead or in prison. So when there is none other name under heaven which anybody can look for deliverance, Acts 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So nowhere else can you turn other than to Christ, but yet the church has pointed people to everywhere else in an attempt. In an attempt to live holy and righteous. God's power was exercised to the fullest on our behalf of the death of Christ, for our sin and resurrection of Him, to guarantee what His death won. Our part in salvation what is it? Acts 16 and 31 says, "Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved." It says that' in our household, but our part is to believe, to keep our faith anchored in Christ, in salvation. In my acceptance in the beloved. Salvation is based on one's relationship with God through Christ Jesus. It's never based on works or performance, but yet we've, we've we've deemed it this way. You if you if you really love the Lord, then you'll get out here and you'll help weed eat the church long. No, I mean I ain't saying that you really that don't make you love the Lord more. He might make you have a closer walk when you grab a hold of that weed eater, because when it don't start. You want to say some unpleasantries? (laughs) I fuss at it in in a foreign language (laughs) called throw the weed eater. (laughs) I don't know why I'm not speaking for you but why I think that may make it work if you just hit it. (laughs) Hammer fixes everything, right?
1: But for the grace of
0: God to bring salvation, and it has, it has appeared unto all men, because why? All were lost. I don't know. I, I didn't grow up hearing the terminology sin nature. And the first time I heard it, I, I was like, what, you, what is that? I didn't, under, I, I didn't really comprehend and understand that from my mother's womb. I was a sinful wretched man I didn't understand that all I understood was that I needed the Lord but I didn't understand why because I thought that being a in the, in the heritage of my family the, the Collins family in the church of God <laughs> that, that I was good but but the first time that I heard this sin nature, and I I began to think, well, what is that? And I began to dig, and 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 well, Chad, you brought it to our attention when we began to tune in and and watch Family Worship Center, and we began to be, I began to be offended because the here is why because i began to realize the grace that i was trying to live under i could not live under because i didn't accept the grace that was freely given i desired to earn it i didn't realize that it appeared to all men why because i didn't know And the hardest thing for somebody to admit in their life is that I'm wrong. I mean, there's still people prophesying about the election as early as last week. But the thing that's more sad is that preachers are sharing it. I have nothing wrong with a prophecy, but when you're calling this the, this the anointed one of God, there was one that was anointed of God, that was Jesus Christ. I, will, I desire the anointing of the Lord, but I'm a person. Christ was our substitute. Isaiah chapter 53, read it. If you had not read it, read it. Remember it. Isaiah 53, and he was our representative man. Christ died as us. And you read in Romans 6 and and 1 Corinthians 15, and you you read this and you understand that he was our representative man. He did it for us. He took on the penalty. He did all of these things so that I could be buried in the death with Christ, but also rise in the resurrection, but walk in that newness of life that I could... Be a beneficiary of the grace of God. I do it in Christ Jesus. As our substitute, he took the penalty that I should have suffered. As, as my representative man, he gave me the victory that he won through his life and death. He did it. It's Colossians uh, 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 two fourteen and 15, that he took the the handwriting ordinances that were contrary to His. He took them out of the way, nailing them to His cross. He triumphed over the enemy. He did it openly. He did it. I can't. You can't. He did it. I don't attempt to do it. When I attempt to do it, then I frustrate the grace of God. And we all have found ourselves there. Regardless if you've served Him faithfully Since you were uh, uh, tiny. And again, there's some big grasshoppers around if you're knee high to it. So if I believe, listen, if I believe that Christ bore the penalty of sin, and he did, I also must believe that he gave me all victory that he won. I, I have to accept both of them. We believe that he bore the penalty of sin. So many, and we believe, and you hear this, you've heard it, and you'll hear it again, that we talk about the cross for salvation, but we leave it out for sanctification because then comes the attempt. And this is why we find so many that fall away or, or leave or whatever they may, whatever it is, or lose their relationship over time. It's not easy. It's not, not, it's not quick. But we must identify again him in both, but many don't. Why? Because a futile effort has been bought into. Again, one of the hardest things to learn is unlearn what you have been taught Let a, Let a believer mess up. Christians, we, 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 we want to punish them. Uh, th- what that's saying is that Jesus didn't suffer all the penalty. And a little bit more needs to be added. I, I don't know. I don't know what would. We talk about the woman at the well we often or talk about the, the bringing the woman called an adultery to Jesus. And he was really just drawing in the sand. Whatever he's writing, we don't know. But, he, but in essence, he, he looked up and, and he said, like, he is without sin. Cast the first stone. And I have a shirt made that for me that says, drop your rocks. But they dropped their rocks and they walked away. And he told the woman to go and send them more. He, he, listen, we, but what would we do? What would the church do? we would make them attempt to earn their way back. The truth is that Jesus took all my penalty, and therefore no more penalty is required. 1 John 1 and 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. But yet we want to question people's repentance. What? What in the world? Well, I don't know if they truly repented. Are you? Are you, Lord? You'll know the tree by the fruit it bears. You don't. You, listen, we're questioning people's hearts. We're questioning people's motives and intents based upon what may have happened, and not looking for one spirit to bear witness or two the fruit from. So. The, 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 he cleanses us from all sin we are by no means sinless again Romans 6 and 14 says sin shall not have dominion over you we're not sinless but it no longer rules the believer or shouldn't it don't matter what one has done how, or how awful the bondage is or, or, but the Bible plainly says that he hath appeared to all men but we find ourselves in this cycle again and again and again of, of going from acceptance to living in an attempt. And, and, and you can hear, and, and if you can use whatever terminology you want, you can, you can uh, the message of the cross, uh, it, 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 which is the word of God, the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, it's the Bible. Christ in Him crucified and you can know it and you can preach it and you can can say it and you you can do all of those things But you can also find yourself in an attempt to become more holy and then you attempt to judge folks in their sincerity and their understanding based upon what they say or don't say. We, we've been given a message that we were marked off the cross-preaching churches. <laughs> Apparently, I don't preach the truth because I don't say the right thing sometimes. I don't know. That's on them. My, 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 my call is to preach the Word of God. And my call is to continue to understand that grace has appeared to me. And I'm going to receive it. And I'm going to rest in it. And I'm going to walk in it. And I should freely give it to others. And understand that we ain't none of us arrived. None of us. What, what Christ did, it, it didn't exclude any. But it included all. He, he did it for all. But we've excluded folks and not included all. I know Israel shared a post that had a, had a homeless guy sitting there and, I, and I, something to the effect that would he be welcomed in your church. And I know, I know the cliche, oh yeah, praise Jesus, tell him to come on in and sit beside me, I'll make him a ham sandwich. But would you really? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, they'll come. But when they come in, they might smell like a fifth of Jack Daniels and, and dirt. But when they do come, will you will you love them as Christ loved, or will you look down at your nose and wonder when will you get cleaned up? Will, will we will we will we try to go back and make them? Make them go to the... Listen, it's the Holy Spirit that drew them here. And if the power of the Holy Spirit is strong enough to draw them here, the Holy Spirit is still powerful enough to draw them to repentance. And He don't need your help. What He needs is your support and knowing and loving and praying. Don't think your case is unique. We, we we do that right? I'm the only one. Lord, ain't nobody else going through this. <laughs> Who else is getting ready to be 44 and got a got a week, a little over a week year old, and then five days later got a grandson. <laughs> what <in> tarnations, Lord? <laughs> I'm thankful. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. And I'm not, that wasn't a burden. I was just trying to throw something out there because I don't want to throw a situation and it might be yours and then you, know, you think I'm meddling in your business. I don't know what your business is. There's no sin that, that he has not washed clean. Listen. There's nothing, no bondage that he hasn't already broken. There's nothing that he hasn't already taken care of. And and we sing the song, uh, you got chains, he's the chain breaker. He's already broke the chains. It's us who chooses to remain bound. He's already, you look at victory from past tense, he's already won it for us. But sometimes, don't it just feel good for us to come up here and and, and shake off the heavy bands, and, and whatever we want to do. He's already done it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but nothing we do gains us favor. It's what's already been done. It's what we receive. So again, there's nothing that hasn't already been taken care of. He, Christ, is our Savior, and that uh, He is also our Deliverer. Paul, uh, speaking in Galatians 1 and verse 4, he said, Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present world according to the will of God and our Father. According to the will of God and our Father. According to whose will? The will of God. So Satan holds man captive, and he does so by unbelief, through unbelief. Unbelief is what keeps you from entering in the portals of glory. <laughs> I feel old when I said that, the portals of glory. But we make it about something else. We, we spend time, well, we'll preach the house, we'll get up, and we'll yell at people for doing this and this and this, and don't you do that, don't you do that, and don't you do that. Well, you don't know what thorn's in their side. It's unbelief. And I don't know, but I'm about sick and tired of hearing about the externals when Christ desires to focus on the internals and let the Holy Spirit take care of the externals. It's not your job. It's not your position. So Satan, again, holds men captive by or through unbelief who will not accept Christ, or he also can... He, he can keep, or, 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 or in an effort to keep the believer in bondage through attempting. I'm not saying you're in bondage to sin, but you're in bondage to not walking in totality in the abundant life that Christ died and gave himself for through an attempt to live as you think he needs. So it's by consent, not ignorance. Summer had an epidural, and, and y'all, she had a terrible headache. And, and we got all kinds of information and all kinds of suggestions and all kinds of things and all of that stuff. And I was livid. I'm not going to say I was so happy. I mean, my wife, my, the love of my life, he had killing her. I'm like, I'm sorry, rascal. She said, but I consented, and I signed the thing. I said, well, I didn't sign it. I didn't do it. But it's a consent. And and, and this is our lives. and, and, And we consent and we allow things. Consent how? By rejecting Christ. What do you mean rejecting Christ? I love the Lord. By rejecting his provision. By attempting to earn. By telling people to this, 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 and this. Instead of pointing them to the right or, or the right place, which is the cross of Christ. The moment we come to Christ, the moment we get saved, we're delivered from sin, guilt, and shame, the powers of darkness, darkness. but we must remain in Christ to continue to walk in victory. So we, we I, and I know it's become a cliche saying, but whatever, call it what you want, but you stay in the way you came in. There is no other way. So it's, it's, it is the business of the Holy Spirit to make each believer Christ-like. I know that's a mind blowing statement. Wow. <laughs> you mean that's what he wants to do in my life? Yeah. He wants to change everything about us. And and, and, and we all have our, our areas that we and that need improving. I one is one of mine, and, and a lot of you guys have probably figured it out, is listening. Liz was talking to me yesterday, or Summer said something to me, and I, I acknowledged, and, she, and then I asked what, and Liz said, well, you acknowledged her. I said, I, she said, well, it went in one ear and out the other. I said, it didn't even go in. It just, it bounced off. But the Lord, and and, and I'm just throwing myself out there, but he changes us. But we have to stay in Christ. So, so why or how is a... Again, how, is a, how or why is a believer in bondage? How is that? It's simply by misplaced faith. It's, it's that simple. And and, and, it, and some people find that very offensive. It's not a lack of understanding. I mean, it's not, maybe not even a lack of knowledge. But a misplacing of one's faith. It's not the amount of faith. It's the misplacing of it. And and we tell people to be more faithful and you got to have more faith and you, whatever. And, and the Bible says the faith the size of a grain of the mustard it it basically to move a mountain. But it's not the amount. It's where it's placed, where it's anchored. So all of our victory was won again at the cross, and that is where our faith must remain. If we do anything that takes away from the finished work of Christ, even if it looks good, even if it feels good, or sounds good, by our faith being misplaced, what we do is we invalidate, I guess that's a word, invalidate uh, the effort, and we make the work of Christ in our lives of no effect. How? Because I'm frustrating the grace of God. I'm frustrating the grace of God. By grace, we are saved through faith. By grace, we are saved through faith. And I'm, I'm, this is good. This is just water. But we've got a flow, right? And, and, and we attempt to receive more, and we stop it up. And, but, but it's still there. But we, we, we frustrate the flow of grace to our lives. Somebody think somebody really cried at the altar right there. We frustrate that. Titus 2 and verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and world lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And it can only be done with our faith properly placed in the finished work of Christ. Because you can try to do it all you want, and you'll find yourself, one, worn out, or two, making an attempt to attempt to do something else. And they can only, again, our our faith has to be anchored. No man can deliver anybody. People want deliverance services. When will y'all have a deliverance service? Listen, Christ was anointed in, 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 in Luke 4 and 18. Christ said he had anointed him to preach deliverance. But, but you know, I, we, we've made people think that certain people can. I, I can't deliver nobody. I can't. We've got all of this stuff confused, and we've made ourselves or think we're more than we are. We can preach deliverance. But I listen, I will gladly pray with you, and so will anybody else in here, I hope, will gladly pray with you for deliverance from something. But don't think your deliverance is in, in anybody. It's in Christ. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts It don't happen by us saying no. Just say no. Well, that's easy. No. Or us... You've got to have more willpower. You've got you gotta how to learn how to put yourself in a position and a place and surround yourself with the right people to say no. I'm going to tell you something, no. That's, it's submitting ourselves, therefore unto God, resisting the devil, and then he flees. So again, we don't conquer sin. The truth is Christ already conquered sin once and for all. So again, faith is the key. We're saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2 and 8 and 9. So he, again, it's, it's not a lack of faith. A, the problem is our misplacing of it. How? By attempting. My faith, when I attempt, my faith is in me and what I do. When, when, and, and I've mentioned this before, and, 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 and I don't say this to say, hey, look at what you're doing. I... I, I Began to read the Bible through uh, once every three months. And, and then I found myself like, dear Lord Jesus. Woo! I'm, I'm getting behind. I've got to catch up. And then it became a work. You should read your Bible every day. but It became a work. And then it became an attempt to just read the Bible through every three months. And then I began to just do whatever. And I thank God for his grace and mercy real quick to check me and say, what are you doing? That's good. Read the Bible. It's good. Study the word of God. But the, the question is why and where is our faith? So we've we've, we've told people to just increase their faith or 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 whatever, no, again, it's to place it in the right object, which is the finished work of Christ. We've told people uh, a proper confession is the answer. A proper confession is good, but that's not the answer. It's faith in the finished work of Christ that allows the Holy Spirit to work on your behalf. So what we're telling people, uh, if it's anything other than turning to Jesus, we're telling them the wrong things. It's it's not our willpower. Whenever we get in, into this place where we're arguing with sin or arguing over sin, worldly lusts have already st- uh, and, and worldly lusts we've already stepped outside of the house or the secret place of the Most High. What are you talking about? We we argue about is it or is it not scriptural or biblical. Uh, Right now, Lee University, which is is a a Church of God school in Cleveland, Tennessee, has been and continues to be under fire for, for taking a biblical stance on marriage. Thank God. Thank God they have. But the LGBTQ and whatever other letters they want to throw in there have demanded and requested that they overview and make changes to their policies. And, and, and thank God that, that they, but why is, thank God they're not, argue, let me, they're not arguing about it. No, this is what the Word of God says, this is where we're standing, and it's, that's it. But, but we have, we have become, uh, 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 had meetings and discussions about what the Bible says is or is not right, and we've tried to adjust those with time. The word of God never changes. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, then purify us unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So we do good works again not to get something, but because we already have received or obtained all that we need. Verse 15, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. We have to uh, proclaim the gospel, and it's got to be clear. Has to be clear. The gospel is not optional. We don't don't have a children's program and then throw the gospel in every once in a while. We don't have uh, youth functions and then the gospel comes in every once in a while. We don't get together at church and then just talk about the gospel every once in a while. This is not a car with options. The gospel is essential. And the gospel has got to be preached. The good news. Uh, One's authority rests in the nature of their message. And so we're not raised uh, uh, above the truth, but the truth is raised above us. We talk about Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, the, the victory banner. The truth is raised above us. So we must speak again with meaning and clarity and, and leaving no room for question or loopholes. Meaning the word of God's final. There is one way, and that's through Christ. And, and, and there is a consequence for rejecting Christ. And that is eternal damnation in a devil's hell. And that's not popular at all. But we have squandered around and and, and been back and forth, and we don't want to offend. The gospel is offensive. My object in life is not to make you mad at me, but if I don't tell you the truth, then then your blood's on my hands. But if I give you the truth and you refuse that, then, then that blood's on you. Singer, y'all can come on. I'm on winding down, but here's what happens: when, when you preach the truth, the gospel, a decision's got to be made, and, and, and people don't like that. A decision will be made today. You'll you'll continue to attempt, or you'll accept all that he's done, and you'll receive all that he has for you. I'm not saying you may. Re- when I say you'll receive. All that He is. And when you accept who He is and all that He has, those blessings come. They may come all at once or, or, or over time, but He continually blesses us. So when, when, when again we preach the truth clearly and under the anointing, we speak with authority and the Holy Spirit will, will rest, uh, do the rest, and, and He will change us. He will challenge us. Because he is the authority. The gospel of Jesus Christ removes the fence and it leaves no place for straddle room. We've, we've lived life as close to the edge as we can. And again, I don't care if the preacher preaches in blue jeans. I don't care. I don't care if they have dimmer lights than we got. That makes no difference to me. I don't even care if the drummer's playing with a hat on. It makes no difference to me. But we've made it about that stuff. It's not going to happen here. But I don't care. I I, I don't believe that they are... Rock and establishes your going when you're freed from or any or, or and all bondages or or when when you'll walk in liberty and not defeat when you experience him as you've never experienced him before when you receive what he has for you or or will you push it away? This could be the day that that changes really of course forever in your life. This morning before we sang and before anybody was here we were praying and I was praying Lord prepare people's hearts to come to receive from you today and I'm believing that you came in this place ready to receive from him ready to accept what he has for you because I can tell you all about the life of an attempt to live holy but i can also tell you about a life of freedom and victory when i accepted the holiness that was afforded to this morning i want you to stand in this place i don't know what they have prepared but however you feel the holy spirit drawing you if you don't know him as your savior today's the day we'll gladly pray with you but if you just need the lord to touch you or, or whatever it is, I want you to come this morning and, and receive all that He has because He desires to move on your behalf today. Come as they sing.
1: What tomorrow will be. I can't tell you what's in so.
0: or should be a sense of urgency in every single believer. Urgent for what? Urgent to make sure that people hear the gospel. That they see, not just hear, but see the gospel evident in your life. Believe it or not, millions of people searching and seeking. And where a seeking heart is, there he will be found. But you have a privilege and an opportunity to take the gospel every single day, wherever you go. The grace that appeared to you is also available for everybody else. Share it. Share Him. And show the love of Christ. Tonight, uh, I know a lot of people, this is a a weekend, a lot of people have a long weekend, and a lot of you guys have things planned, but we will have service tonight. We went back and forth, but we will have service tonight. If you can come, we'll be glad to have you. If you can't, tune in, but we'll be here at 6 o'clock. I encourage you to come back. I'll be ministering tonight. It's not for sale. But uh, we love you guys. Be a blessing wherever you go to whoever you see. And uh, we will see you, I guess, hopefully tonight. If not, we'll see you soon. Be blessed. We love you.